When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, and do everything you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Lakerholics.com and the Hoopheads Podcast Network, like V Garcia, who returns one of the biggest Jared Dudley fans that's out there, although I don't see him sign up yet, so maybe, maybe not, but he was at the meeting the other day with LeBron and Russell and and AD and all that, but if you can go ahead and support us on social media, Lakerholics.com, and wherever you get Lakers Fast Break, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, day two is still not officially done. I'm still going to have Jamie Sweet. I'm going to have my good friend TJ Johnson. And I'm also going to have Mr. Laker Tom coming back later in the program. Yeah, Rick Garcia says, head trainer Dudley. Yes, head trainer Jerry. <laughs> well, I always said that he may be better as a coach. Same thing with Rondo. I think that's where their future lies. And you know what? Right now, the Lakers do have spots open on the coaching staff. So we'll see what happens there. But it is day two of NBA free agency and outside of Stephen Curry getting a momentous amount of cash thrown his way, $217 million over four years. That's right. $217 million over four years. I mean, it's been still a pretty active day, but the Lakers did make some moves that I am more happy about. When I left you on last day, I was kind of concerned and, of course, I've been hearing it from friends all over that are not Lakers fans. You know, the geriatric jokes and the retirement home, retirement home jokes are, you know, flying all over the place when it concerns the Lakers because they did get a lot of individuals that are on the backside of their careers. But today, mm-hmm. they made a great emphasis on youth. And here today, right now, to talk about and share his complete thoughts on what's going on with the Lakers He's a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he does for Lakerholics.com. It's the magic man. It's Sean Grice. And Sean, I want to update everybody on who, if they've not heard yet, they picked up today. We all know that yesterday, if they picked up a lot of players yesterday, they're eh, a little bit on the older side, but they picked up yesterday Trevor Reza, Dwight Howard, Wayne Ellington, 
and they also got Kent Bazemore yesterday. Today, I think, was a much better day for the Lakers, although those some most of those guys can't hit the three, which is something the Lakers sorely lack. Today, they picked up Carmelo Anthony. I know that was the big headliner. But for me, the best moves of the day was Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, and THT retaining his services as well. So I want to hear your thoughts. I'm going to give the floor to you. I know the V. Garcia is saying the locker room is going to smell like Ben Gay. <laughs> with all those. <laughs> you know what? This is what the Lakers have asked for. I mean, I am concerned about the defense. Uh, mm-hmm. I am concerned uh, about the fact that there's, you know, if you do put AD at the five and you do put LeBron the four, that there's no, I mean, there's not a, a, a super great option at two. I mean, Kendrick Nunn could play two in a small guard offense, but he is smaller, but he loves to score and could still fill a backup point guard role on the side. But I, I think he does need to be, be a starter in that situation. There's still no three, a small forward that I would absolutely love right now, but your thoughts overall, I'm gone up from a D plus and I'm getting into the C plus range right now. So it's gone up a full grade because I love the infusion of youth that they actually made a point in getting in today's acquisitions, for the most part, Carmelo notwithstanding. Of course, of course. I agree with you wholeheartedly. By the way, am I coming in loud and clear? Yes, you're actually really good today. You're really good. I wanted to get you on and have, so you have your own segment, but I'm always worried about your connection up there in Canada. I don't know when Canada shuts us down, you know, and all that. So, you know, I've all got love for Canada, even though Megan Rapino does not at this point in time, but... uh, yeah. <laughs> Elton and V, thank you so much for the thumbs up. But your thoughts, Magic Man, on what the Lakers did so far? I agree 100% with what uh, you emphasized, Gerald. I mean, we've been talking about, I think, for the last six months, there needs to be an infusion of youth somewhere. And if you can't get long-term youth, at least get something in the short term to to kind of give, you know, your old vets are shot in the arm, so to speak. And you're right. Kendrick Nunn will do that as a backup point guard. He can fill up the basket. Um, I really was surprised at Malik Monk because I didn't really hear anything about the Lakers being linked to him in any uh, seriousness from anybody like Woj or Shams or just about any reliable source out there. So that was a shock to me, uh, but a pleasant one, so to speak. Um, I wasn't so morose about yesterday. I I think ultimately, I mean, Gerald, do you think Dwight is sort of a utility center at this point? I mean, And that's something I failed to mention, too, that, yes, they did get Dwight Howard. He is going to be somewhat of a utility center. And, of course... It's so funny because I mentioned this to Jamie Sweet the day that uh, he mentions that he's going to take the second year and final year on his contract. Marcus Hall over in Tokyo, he goes and pulls a donut. In fact, both him and his brother, the Gasol brothers, zero. Ricky Rubio goes out of his mind, yet the Spain still loses because Mark and Gasol, both Gasols, I think you and I scored the same amount as both Gasols yesterday, you know, as far as that's concerned, but I'm still concerned. There, there's still areas of concern, but you know, if AD's playing the five and he's healthy, I think that's the best spot. I mean, sure, that's that's been much talked about. I really think that 
We still have a couple things we need to work on, but we still have the 8.3 trade million dollar trade exception. It depends on who you talk to. I believe it is an $8.3 million trade exception that they got for Alex Caruso going to Chicago. Uh, I think that's what, what has been talked about and bandied about. No one seems to be having a, a true confirmation on it because if you talk to ESPN, it's not there. If you talk to other cap experts that it is there, that it was created by, of all things, the Houston acquisition of, you know, uh, what's the center's name that was formerly with Boston? Um, uh yeah, Daniel Tice, you know, of all things, and one of the worst free worst free agent deals. I, you know, just that's a cap issue right there. But when it concerns, also as well, Dennis Schroeder, he is sign and trade capabilities that he that he probably needs to have at this point if he wants to get any kind of decent contract. I know V, you're right. I'm going to miss Caruso as well. I mean, the the offer reportedly that the Lakers put on the table was insufficient to say the least and not anywhere near what Chicago was offering, which was kind of disappointing at nine million, nine million dollars a year. But I've thought more about it at nine million dollars a year seems like a, okay, a little bit of an overpay, but I would still pay that for Alex Caruso, uh, you know, in hindsight, 2020. And unfortunately they let him go for that, but I will say that they still have that, that chip in Dennis Schroeder as far as his rights are concerned. So I'm hoping that the Lakers can shore up a couple spots with that. But do you see right now, I mean, what do we have for a starting lineup? I'm still concerned because Kendrick Nunn, you know, he needs to start. He needs to be a starter because mm-hmm. he, he has that capability of, of scoring 20 points on any given night. And to have him, I know some of the comments have been made. Yeah, he's a great backup point guard. He didn't sign on this team for a two-year $10 million with a player option in year two that he's probably going to say bye-bye on because he wanted to go ahead and be a backup. I think he was spoken to by Rob Palenka and said he's going to have a lot of minutes on this team. Yeah, he. it looks like he, he deserves it as well. I mean, uh, I'm a big fan of his, Gerald, I have to admit. I, again, this is another guy I didn't think the Lakers were attached to at all um, as far as rumors were concerned. I didn't hear none's name at all with us. Um, you and I had talked about it. He, he, you thought he was going to get something in the range of, you know, 10 to 12 million perhaps with the way he was able to fill up the bucket. So that was, that was a surprise and you're right. He's going to have to start. So um, it's going to be a little bit small because he's six two. Uh, but if, you know, if you put maybe Russell at the two, you put him at the one, you know, you, you create something there. Defensively, this is not going to be what anything pretty. Uh, you know, people, those days of, of Lakers being number one defensively in the NBA, I don't think those are going to happen anytime soon with this current roster. But you fixed up a lot of the, the shooting because Carmelo shoots 40. Kendrick Nunn shoots 38. You've got Wayne Ellington who shoots 40. You've got so many, you've got a lot of more options there now. You've got Kent Bazemore who shot 40 last year. You've got Malik Monk, who did shoot 40 last year. I mean, you've got a lot of options now coming off the bench, which are really good. Trevor Reza, if on the wing, you put him on the wing there, he may still be able to shoot 35, 37. So there are options there. I'm just, I would like to see maybe one more move in mind. Yeah, you're right. Um, are, are you think? I'm thinking... You know, is James Ennis still available? He, did he sign anywhere yet? 
Not to my knowledge. Uh, I know that Ben McLemore, who was part of the Lakers last year, he signed with Portland. There's been other players. The Otto Porter Jr. signing from the minimum with the Warriors, that still is going to be something I think, if he's healthy, is going to kill me all year long. Those, it's one of those deals where you just look at it and you go, man, he could have really been a great fit for the team and exactly what they needed. But, yeah, James, James Ennis, to me, got some size, some length, loves to shoot the three. That's somebody that that probably would be a good, decent fit. And then still, you've got that trade chip as far as if there's a trade exception for Caruso. The thing with Dennis Schroeder, what do you think he does at this point? Because it's now become very difficult for him. And besides what the joke is out there firing his agent, what do you think, you know, at this point in time is going to be for the future for Dennis Schroeder? I, somebody's going to sign him. There's, there's no doubt about it. I, I just, I believe that I'm not sure who wrote this article, but it was a few months ago. Um, and, and they were basically saying, look, Schroeder is a pretty decent defender. Now he was below average when he first came in because he was very young and inexperienced, but he became a decent defender. He's in a, he's a creator offensively. However, he has limits. And they, he was basically saying he should be in the 15 to $16 million range. And that's why the $84 million offer was so surprising to a lot of us. Because, you know, Rob was basically putting faith in Schroeder to give him basically a 20% increase in salary. And Dennis said, no. I, I mean, that's, Gerald, that's, don't you agree that's bad representation? Especially it is bad, but he's now this year's Nerlens Noel pretty much is what it's going to come down to, uh, you know, passing up that big offer. You think you're going to cash in on something larger and in a market with limited funds and a glut of point guards that were available that or would have been assigned or could have been signed by teams. You're finding yourself in a harder situation. Now, there's still situations like with Spencer Dinwiddie and him that can still look for maybe Washington, New York Knicks are still talked about, New Orleans Pelicans still need some help. Uh, there's others, there's a, a small amount of teams that, that Dennis can find his way on, but he's going to need some help. And if the Lakers are just sitting back there, Rob Palenka, who I think has redeemed himself a little bit today. Uh, you know, I know getting the geriatric fund yesterday got him ripped mercilessly by those, a lot of those out there and praised by others. So that was, again, another divisive thing he's done, second thing in two weeks. But today he can sit back knowing that not only he got the team a little bit younger, which was needed, he still got the team, you know, in advance as far as people that can put the uh, ball in the bucket, but he still has that that nice chip, and he can just sit back and wait for what's to happen with Dennis Schroeder. Absolutely. Absolutely, Gerald. And, again, we, we heard – the the stories that the Knicks were scouting him very hard, it, like the like almost it, it almost seemed like there was a Knicks scout at every Laker game from yeah. what the reports were coming out. So, I mean, you're talking about advanced scouting there, right? I mean, it's teams looking at the little things, and I mean, my goodness, Gerald, the, there were there were some things this year about Dennis Schroeder that were brilliant, and there. Were, like forty percent of the time, he he, you know, he would just the turnovers were just incredible at some at some points, and yeah. and they were in spurts. Like 
Um, the Lakers might be on a, a, a up 92-87, um, and Schroeder turns the ball over. There's a transition three. The game is tied. They bring the ball back up. A missed shot comes back. You know, we're down to comes back up the floor. He turns the ball over again. It was it was very frustrating at times. And I mean, you're probably going to see the same thing with Russell Westbrook. But the dif- the difference being, if Russell's shot isn't falling, he is such an incredible facilitator. He'll eventually he'll, he'll understand that it's not falling. He's going to do something else. Schroeder did that as well, but he doesn't do it on a consistent level. Well, Schroeder's kind of an ox, you know, it's, the way he plays is kind of ironic because he's fast, he's quick, yet you see him with the ball and just over half court line, he always stops. He never pushes the ball beyond that. And the one thing that I've always stressed is that the Lakers got to where they were as far as their championship season based off of defense and transition game. And one thing with Westbrook, as much as I tried to totally, uh, you know, uh, get be, be very hard and difficult on the trade itself, we're bringing him here. One thing he does is he's outstanding in transition. And that's one thing he has to focus on is more transition and less half court offense for him, because it really comes down to the point where the more he shoots the harder it is going to be for the Lakers to win games because it's based off of what, what you see. I mean, from the outside, he's statistically one of the worst shooters ever in the NBA. He is at his best when he's in transition, when he's getting the ball, whether he's rebounding or, and taking himself or doing something in transition. If he makes a better commitment to defense, if he makes a bigger commitment to the, pushing the ball up the floor, even in the playoffs, I, I'm hoping this will work out. I really do. I, I am so hopeful that I am wrong on every account when it concerns Russell Westbrook. I, I hope so too. Um, you know, and and I do share the same concerns. Um, but my my counter to that to uh, other Laker fans and uh, other NBA fans and just general sports fans who question the move is that the, um, Kobe was asked once by Ahmad Rashad if there was one player in the NBA who reminded him of the way he played, and he said yes. Westbrook. Westbrook plays with the type of ferocity that I play with. And one thing that was stressed um, during the last Kobe uh, championship run was uh, guys like Ariza, guys like Artest, guys like Gasol always said that the the reason why they went to the gym after the game or they rebounded when three guys were in front of them and just dove for the ball was because of Kobe's intensity. And I think Russ's intensity will rub off on this team. And Gerald, I think the design is if, uh, and Laker Tom was stressing this, if you put two quality shooters around Russell, uh, AD and LeBron, I think Russell will eventually be programmed and condition himself to understand that the best shot here isn't the one I'm going to take. I hope so. I hope so because LeBron is the type of guy that he's going to take you down the hallway underneath mm-hmm. the stands and he's going to let you know whether he beats you up or he yells at you, he's going to let you know on certain terms that he is not liking what he's seeing. And that's even no. with Russ. 
And that's even with Russ. But, uh, you know, they did get shooters. And that's something we stressed and and what we were worried about the Lakers not getting. But they did get a bunch of individuals that can shoot right right around or over 40%. But they also got a lot of individuals that are at an advanced stage in their careers. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to run this down for you. Carmelo is going to be 37 when the season starts. LeBron James Mm -hmm. is going to be 36 when the season starts. Marcus Saul is 36. Trevor Rees is 36. Dwight Howard's 35. Wayne Ellington's 33. Russell Westbrook is 32. Kent Bazemore is 32. When Anthony Davis may be the youngest man in your starting lineup at 28, <laughs> that may be an issue later on in the season as these guys get older and tired. But the team has a lot of individuals that they can lean on for 10, 15 minutes a game. That's what I'm seeing now. I'm, I took a step back. I looked at it. And yes, a lot of these guys are at advanced age, but if they can give you 10 to 15 minutes a game, all these old guys, then maybe you can get away with it. But still, I think there's one more move that they need to make somewhere on the wing and we'll go from there. But yes, I think that still things are looking pretty good for the Lakers. I was very sad to see Patty Mills being signed by Brooklyn. And I think that's a killer deal for them. I know that Rudy Gay go, also going to Utah is also a, a very good acquisition for them, mm-hmm. kind of like what both of those teams did. I mean, Brooklyn, I think at this point, is going to be in Vegas. It's it's going back and forth between uh, the Lakers and Brooklyn as far as who's the favorite right now. But your thoughts on, on the confidence that you have with the Lakers going forward after today? Uh, I would say out of 10 right now, my confidence is uh... – an eight-year-old. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's, that's right around there, too. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think we need to add um, one more uh, position. Uh, hopefully, like you said, a bigger wing or um, just more, maybe more of a defensive presence. Um, <clears throat> you're right. We addressed the shooting. We also addressed, I, I think, at this point in time, every player will eventually understand their role and that's important for team chemistry. Yeah. Um, like, like we were saying earlier, Dwight, Dwight understands he's going to be a utility center and Carmelo understands he's going to be a backup power forward. He's going to be the backup for, he's going to come off the bench like he did in Portland. Um, one thing about Melo, even though he's 37, I mean, he's still strong as a bull, Gerald, and he still seems to be in the right positions on the weak side to get those boards. And that that's crucial, especially in a down the stretch in a playoff game. And, you know, we may not see him play a lot in the clutch, but he is a clutch player from, uh, from a rebounding and, uh, you know, just having that mentality. I mean, it, it's obvious that Rob also looked for guys with a Kobe connection. Wayne Al- Ellington has a, a beautiful tattoo of uh, Kobe. It's a, it's an elegant piece of work. Um, and obviously, Wayne signed with the Lakers on a dis on a discount uh, for two reasons. Obviously, I think he wants redemption because he was with us at a dark time in our franchise, at least from a, a record point of view. And I'd let, he'd obviously like to see himself hold up the trophy and it's oh. just admiration for Kobe. 
I mean, well, I hold think- on here. Hold, hold on here. You said t- coming at a discount. I mean, all these individuals, I've heard that over the course of the past 48 hours almost, and that is uh, 24 hours, excuse me. And that is that every agent is saying, well, he's signing this, he's giving this team a discount. He could have signed for more somewhere else, could have signed for more somewhere else. If I had a dollar for every time in the past 24 hours, I've heard that, you know, in quotes to Shams and or Woj that he could have signed for more somewhere else. I would be into, I would be rich from all the money that, you know, cause it just, it seems like that's the case. The thing is the money is not there. All, yeah. A lot of these players that maybe are willing or statistically maybe deserve more than the minimum, they're going to get the minimum because it just seems to be either a mid-level, a minimum, and then the big contracts. And there's nothing in between. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I will say this, though. I, I think the two guys who are exception to that rule are Ellington and Porter Jr. And the only reason I say that is this. Ellington signed in uh, last season for the minimum. So he was coming into this uh, free agency um, with an ability, I think, I think he could have at least gotten the uh, mid-level for for his shooting prowess. Um, and Gerald, why don't we talk about a lot of the disinformation that was going on yesterday? I mean, at first we first we heard, yeah, Golden State, the Lakers, and the Nets are all sniffing around Patty Mills. And then the Lakers and the Nets are interested in Otto Porter Jr. And then Patty Mills and the Nets have, have their marriage has fallen through. And it, on and on it went. I think, it, you know, Sean Marks is a brilliant executive. Um, I, would, I would put him in the class with Rob Polinka as well. And I think there, there is a gamesmanship and a Game of Thrones type mentality that these men have with one another. And in sending out disinformation and ravens and trying to see what other teams will do. I mean, Gerald, we all discussed it, right? I mean, Otto Porter Jr. could very well have gotten the, the mid-level or, or yeah. the taxpayer mid-level. But yet, he decided, like you said, for some you know, inexplicable reason, he decides to sign with for the minimum with the Warriors, which may or may not pay off for him. Same thing, like we saw with Kendrick Nunn, who's also, like I said, got a player option in the second year, which most like, which most likely, if he does well with the Lakers, mean he's going to opt out. And a lot of these players this year are doing that, and that's that's a theme. But I, I'm growing fatigued of all these individual playing players saying that they could have gotten some money somewhere else, and that that to me is it's okay. If that's the case, if so many players could get a, could got could have gotten more money somewhere else. They can go get it. So simple as that. But you know what? I'm glad for what we have. Again, I'm, I'm raising my grade right now. As of right now, I've got a C plus. I think it's uh, becoming a little bit more solid. I think the fact that they had an infusion of you today redeems the job for me in in my eyes for Rob Palenka. But any last thoughts, my friend, on the way out? Yes, Gerald. Uh, um, like you said. Or what you got planned for Lakerholics? Lakerholics.com. Yeah, um, well, me and Tom have got a lot of work on our hands right now because there was just a flurry of activity. And I will just say this. I've been on here twice with Mr. Glassford, 
the Podfather uh, for trade deadlines and uh, free agency. And all the news happens when we break. Nothing ever falls through for the Lakers when we're on. So, yeah, it's been quiet as of right now. Yeah. So I, I will say, Gerald, um, the last major news, the, well, just that, you know, last major news within the past hour was saying goodbye for the Lakers to Alfonso McKinney. Yes. Um, th- was he uh, waived? Yes. Not unexpected. Thank you for your services. Uh, hope you find a job elsewhere. Um, yeah. My my final thoughts, Gerald, are uh, as far as Dennis Schroeder goes, when you look at the pyramid now of point guards, it, it probably goes Dinwiddie, Dragic, and then Schroeder. I think more teams would be interested in the Dragon than Dennis at this point. So the money may completely dry up, and who knows what he may or may not sign for. Obviously, he's not going to sign for a mint, like you thought. Um, I always thought that the reason why his representation put out that gaudy number was to always have them come back to the Lakers and say, yeah, we'll accept the uh, $84 million offer. Well, sometimes in business, when you refuse the offer, it's all off the table. We're not negotiating with you and see you later. And it, it may look that Rob just said, see you later, Gerald. I know people want to sign him for a one-year $16 million deal or put him in a sign-and-trade. I think it's difficult at this point to try and remedy his situation. That's his problem. That's what I've always um, tried to get across is that I don't think the Lakers – as an NBA franchise would be putting themselves in a good position with their own um, colleagues if they rewarded bad behavior. That would look really bad at the Board of Governors meetings and when you're trying to make trades. And And it's a lot of politics, but that's just the way it is in business. Well, there you go. It's the man himself. Please catch Sean Grice, a.k.a. Magic Man, as much as you can because he does a great job for the Lakerholics.com crew. Cannot thank him enough for his efforts. I always worry about your connection, my friend, but I'm glad that it sounded good and it stayed good today. I was like keeping my fingers crossed that we were good today. Uh, I will say this to everyone else that that in a minute we're going to be having TJ Johnson in his thoughts. I recorded that earlier today. And then the back end, how would it be an ending to day two of the NBA free agency without hearing from our own Admiral Akbar, Jamie Sweet, and also Laker Tom to hear their final thoughts as we close on out? But Felix V, cannot thank you enough. Jamie actually was listening in, so he'll I'm sure he'll have something to say about our performance right now. Joshua, as always, your new fan coming on to us each and every time out. Thank you so much. Elton Barrios, great to have you here as always. Very much welcome. But, Sean, great to have you here as always. And thank you so much for stopping by. We'll see you soon right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. 
Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. We could talk about the Lakers, you know. Oh, we could talk about the old man team. Yeah, we can talk about the old man team, the geriatrics team. The although, geriatrics. <laughs> yes, although today, you know, they've got a little bit younger with the signings of Malik Monk, THT, yeah. and yeah. Kendrick Nunn, which I think were all very good signings. THT resigning for about a little over $10 million a year, right. something that he's going to hopefully grow into and play into at some point in time. But there's not pressure to have him start because Kendrick Nunn, who I think is a quality player, somebody who would score 25 for Miami and then the next day mm. be on the bench and not even play. Right. <laughs> so I, I don't get that. So, But now he gets the chance to be the starting number two for the Lakers, playing on a two-year but essentially a one-year contract because it has a player option because if he does blow up and be the player that I think he can be, mm-hmm. then he won't be playing <laughs> for the Lakers probably <laughs> next year because he's going to want a, a lot of, a lot more money. But, yeah, right. getting him, Malik Monk, who's on the same type of deal, one-year deal, just wants to go ahead and prove himself. It was a nice infusion of youth. I still think that when you look at it with the additions of Mello and Wayne Ellington and Trevor Reza and Dwight Howard, you know, all those individuals are on their backside of their careers. And – yeah, you know, the, okay, as far as from a 7 to 12 man spot right there, 13, okay, that's fine. That's fine. I still think they need to address a couple things like a starting three would be awesome, a true starting three, and then also maybe a backup four or five, uh, you know, mm-hmm. maybe someone like that, uh, that that actually can stretch, you know, play defense because I don't think Gasol, even though he's coming back, is going to be able to – we saw how that worked last year, and it didn't. So – yeah, he said he's coming back, and ironically, on the day that both him and his brother score a donut against Team USA. So, I want to hear your <laughs> thoughts, though. Overall, I mean, the addition of Westbrook, some good, some bad, with the Lakers additions. But your thoughts on the Lakers additions so far? Oh, so I've I've got a lot of mixed thoughts on the Lakers, as as do many, I think, true Lakers fans, yourself included, have a lot of mixed thoughts on some of these uh, additions. I guess the first and foremost, the, the biggest splash was Russell Westbrook and and his acquisition, pulling him from his time with what I don't even know what team he played for. That, but that's that's how insignificant it really ultimately ended up being. Um, the fact of the matter is this: it was I know it was Washington. The fact of the matter is this: yes. Westbrook's style of play demands him to have the ball. Westbrook, in my opinion, was never a true point guard. Westbrook was always a two who was made to be a one. He had to change his game to be a one. He had to model himself to be more of a point guard. He was, I mean, he is the definition of a score for his point guard, if you want to consider a point guard at all. So to have a player of that nature 
who needs to have complete control of the ball, it's going to be interesting to see a player like LeBron set back and allow him to hold onto the ball for two reasons. One, I truly do feel like LeBron, when he has the basketball, is the best decision maker in the NBA. I've, I've felt like that for the last 10 years. I, I still feel that way to this day, even at the tender age of almost 37. LeBron, when he has the basketball in his hand, has the best NBA IQ on the court. So to have him be in a position where he's going to work without the ball more uh, is not ideal for me. It's not ideal for what I want to see from my Lakers, but it doesn't change the fact that he's going to make the best basketball play one way or the other. He's going to do what he has to do to get Westbrook comfortable in the scenario that they're in and understanding that it's going to be more of an AD Westbrook show versus a LeBron show. LeBron is going to be the one to take a step back. I can guarantee that because they're obviously they're going to look at saving LeBron for the long run and saving him for the end game, which is going to be the playoffs into the finals. So it's going to give him time to relax and take it a little easier because you have a player like Westbrook who has one speed. Westbrook does not know how to slow down. That's just not in his DNA. Westbrook is aggression personified. And you love it when you're playing, when, when he's playing for you, when he's doing it well, but you hate it when he's sucking because he just keeps on coming regardless of it. So I'm mixed on, West, on, on, on Westbrook's acquisition. Dwight Howard's acquisition, and eh, they needed another big. Um, he's still, even at his age, one of the more athletic bigs in the league, um, one of the more versatile bigs from the standpoint of being able to guard the five, the four. Um, defensively speaking, he's still a rim protector. He's still a rebound stat stuffer. So he still is a quality addition, even if not the absolute best of the best of the best. And, you know, he seems to like the coming to the Lakers and leaving the Lakers and coming to the Lakers and leaving the Lakers and coming back to the Lakers. So apparently this is right up in his wheelhouse. So I'm not, uh, t- I'm not upset with Dwight Howard. I'm really kind of indifferent in regards to that pickup. Um, obviously Trevor Reza, uh, about five, six years ago. Yay. Right about now. Yeah. I mean, he's a Laker. And so he's got a lot of love there in that regard. And I already have a lot of love for him being a player that played with Kobe Bryant. Um, have a lot of love for him in that regard, but his best years are clearly behind him. I think that it was absolutely necessary for them to get younger, and I'm glad that they did so. Uh, They're going to have some quality, quality shots uh, for these younger guys, especially because, you know, Carmelo can still shoot the ball. He's going to demand some attention. LeBron demands attention. AD demands attention. Westbrook demands attention. So that's going to give the shooters room to do what they need to do, and that's shoot. I think what the Lakers need to really focus on now is getting three and D shooters or three and D players, you know, be able to shoot three ball, be able to play defense on the perimeter. That's where they're going to get hurt the most because that's really where their, their age is going to be exploited on the perimeter because teams are playing small ball. Teams are playing perimeter basketball. Teams are playing pick and roll, pop and shoot. All of these things, unfortunately are not areas in which the Lakers are really making any type of acquisitions. Obviously Trevor Reza was known to be a great defender in this time. I'm not saying that his time is up or gone completely, but it's definitely on the back end. He's got less basketball in front of him than he has already played. So I think that they're trying, they're, they're doing the best what they really have to work with, but sucking up all that cap space in Westbrook, AD and LeBron, 
is going to make the move that they get. I mean, it, it was obvious that they were going to have to go for people with veterans minimums. I mean, there was yeah. once that once that happened, there was no other. OK, well, there's not much more you guys can do. So considering what's out there right now, I think they've done a, a decent job. I think Rob Polink is, is is working some great deals as much as he really can, because truth be told, you don't have a lot of cap space to work with at this point. Yes. That's for sure, my friend. I mean, with the deal with Kendrick Nunn, that takes away the mid-level exception. And pretty much all you have left is, as far as assets are concerned, the trade exception, $8.3 million that you got for Caruso leaving to the Bulls. That, that's a trade exemption that you're going to have to take care of and finish at some point in time during now or at the end by the, you know, at least halfway through the season by the trade deadline. You got to go ahead and right. take care of that before that, that goes away. So maybe you can fill some type of roster spot for a three or a backup four or five uh, somewhere along there. Or, or like you said, a three and D starting three would be great because right now starting any one of the guys that's, like in the same age bracket with LeBron, but isn't LeBron is kind of nervous for me as a Lakers fan. But yeah, I mean, uh, I still have people saying, oh, they're going to start Ellington and they're going to start Ariza. And that would have been great in 2017. But, you know, 2021, it's, I mean, my gosh, even 2013, that would have been better. But yeah, right now it's 2021. I mean, you cannot really start with ad goes into the season as the youngest player in the starting lineup right. that is not a great day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's 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 not a great day but again i think that they're looking for a long term and you're gonna have to start definitely looking at some younger talent i think alex caruso being left uh going to chicago a huge blow to their bench. Um, obviously, he came in and he was a very Shannon Brown-esque player, uh, which I actually thought this was quite humorous that his arc is going very similar to what Shannon Brown did. And he became this huge player off the bench for Los Angeles and then moved to a Midwest team. Uh, I know Shannon Brown ultimately went to the Cavaliers. He ended up playing for the Bulls for a very, very brief stint. Um, and I think kind of disappeared and went off elsewhere um, after that. But Alex Cruz is kind of following the exact same uh, trajectory from the standpoint of playing well and having this huge uptick playing off the bench for the Lakers and being this player that nobody really knew to watch out for, having came out the the the, the G League and now he went up to be in the NBA and you know people weren't really he wasn't really on people's radar in that way and, and made a name for himself in, in being that person. Now you're moving on to a team where you're looking to have a more prominent role. Obviously, the Lakers or the excuse me the Bulls have already made some big headway in signing Lonzo Ball, obviously signing Alex Caruso, um, looking to sign DeMar DeRozan before the day is up if they haven't already done so. Teaming them all up together to give that nice core what it's going to be, I think you're putting, I think Caruso is now going to be in a situation where people are going to really know who he is more so. And I just hope that he's worked on his deficiencies in being able to shoot consistently, being able to handle the ball consistently and being able to do so at a high usage rate because obviously they're not paying you that money to watch you watch the ride the bench and they're not paying you that yeah. kind of money to just let you sit there so you got to bring it which you have been as a laker um but you also got to play behind lebron you got to play behind ad you had some big guys in front who were able to manage that load and you kind of just had a job of coming in and 
and doing your thing on the low. So now that you're more in front and center, Alex, it's going to be very interesting to see how you respond in that uh, in that light. Well, it's also going to be very interesting to see how the starting lineup, because Kendrick Nunn, I think, is a great score, but he's 6'2". I know people are talking about him as a backup point guard, but he, you know he's not a distributor per se. He's a scorer. He's got a scoring mentality. The kid can just fill it up. I think it's best if you don't put him too much. In, you know, maybe give him some spot minutes as a backup point guard. But mainly, like Malik Monk. I mean, having those guys—they're undersized, but their just job is just mainly just to fill it up from the outside. Mm-hmm. Or, or in Kendrick Nunn's case, he can actually go and drive it in real good, and he's got a great free throw percentage. So. I mean, to me, that you got to do something also as well with Dennis Schroeder and a sign and trade to get some type of asset yeah. back to hopefully yeah. fill out your roster. I mean, that's what I'm looking forward to. You still got that. And Dennis Schroeder, you know, has already been talked about. Somebody should fire Dennis Schroeder's agent for all the money that he's <laughs> probably not going to make unless somehow they're going to manufacture way because, you know, DeMar DeRozan did. DeMar DeRozan looked like he was going to be out a lot of money. Yeah. He ended up they ended up manufacturing a sign and trade with San Antonio and he ended up making a, you know, a nice chunk of change out of it. So we'll see what happens with Dennis Schroeder. Cause that still is something there you can hold on to. Cause you got the rights on him, but my gosh, man, the Lakers overall, I'm still contemplating how they're grading out. I mean, last night I said they were D plus so far, but I think with the young acquisitions that they got today, I think they're, they're a little bit better off. Uh, but still, you know, you got to got to worry about the defense now. I got to worry about some other things. But, you know, they did put a little bit of shooting around LeBron, not as much as I would like. But, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. I know you can only get so much in the minimums. But to see Otto Porter Jr. go f- for a minimum, who could have been a really great pickup for the Lakers. He went yeah. to the Warriors. And, and some other mm-hmm. low-priced talent like Cameron Payne went on the cheap to mm-hmm. back to Phoenix. I mean, Bobby Portis, you know, with size and shooting ability, went back really cheap for Milwaukee. There's some yeah. other deals out there. Rudy Gay went for, yeah. you know, a pretty pretty decent price to Utah. Yeah, some of these deals are out there. I mean, I think the Lakers <laughs> missed out on, but, you know, we say that every year. So we say that every year. So yeah. hopefully we'll, we'll yeah. have something good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping so. I'm, I'm, I'm still a hopeful for, for, for my Lakers. I'm still a hopeful what Rob Palinka is able to do. Um, I think considering uh, where he started, he's already done a pretty substantial job. Um, so I, I've got confidence. I think he's earned that from me so far and from Laker Nation so far. But, you know, now you put up. Now you got to put up. You got you to gotta, you gotta produce. Yeah. Well, that's right. At this time, <laughs> you got to produce. Well, my friend, it's been awesome, as always, to talk to you. Uh, any last thoughts on the way out? Spread love. Spread love. Be the change you want to see. Well, I know when something else that you like or something else comes up that you don't love or do love, <laughs> you always go ahead and give me the high sign on the DM to go ahead and get you back on the year. And, of course, we will be glad to do that. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts maybe on what if or what's down the road for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Maybe some DC stuff coming along the way. You never know. But my friend, as a resource in pop culture, it's always great to talk to you. And I cannot thank you enough for stopping by right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show 
and the PCC multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars, click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and we're back. With the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, it's Gerald coming right back at you here. Thank you so much for watching and listening. We are back once again for the late night edition on the back end of this program, if you're listening on audio. You've already heard what TJ Johnson, my good friend, had to say about the Lakers. You already heard what the madman for Lakerholics.com, Mr. Schadengreis, big shout out to you, he had to say. But we got to go ahead and talk to two more great guests. It is the guys on the West Coast here for Lakerholics.com. It is Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom. And guys, great to have you back. Uh, I know it's been another busy day for the Lakers. I feel a little bit more at ease after the wheeling to the retirement home, as I've been told on many times already via text yesterday. And I feel a little bit better. Uh, I know we emphasize shooting, and, and we, we covered a lot of that. There are still some concerns, but there are still some assets out there in play. Like, uh, for instance, first off, the pending sign and trade. Hopefully that Dennis Schroeder might still do, or if he can accomplish that. I know for Laker Tom, you found certain enjoyment and irony in Andre Drummond's eventual stop. So he's no longer going to be on the team. So I know he's excited about that. But Jamie Sweet, you already heard me earlier on the show. Talk to you, Sean, about all the upgrades that they've done so far. I mean, there's a concern about the age. There's a concern about the defense. But we definitely upgraded overall in shooting, and I think we need to start off with there. Yeah, I mean, the, the shooting definitely got upgraded. That There's no question about that. Uh, we went from a couple of guys who can hit threes to, I think, we've got a solid five guys on the roster right now who can hit threes. Yeah, Two of them something like that. Young, on the young side. Uh, and I'm not counting LeBron and AD. Obviously, we know LeBron and AD can score the ball from anywhere. Let me go over this. Carmelo hit 40% from three last year. Trevor Reza is 35. Well, not his age. He's actually 36. So he hit his age around that much in in, right. in the past and previous years for from the wing. Uh, Wayne Ellington is a 40% three-point three shooter. Kent Bazemore hit 40% for Golden State. Kendrick Nunn is 38%, but that guy can fill it up. Just give him the ball. He's going to score some points. Malik Monk hit at 40% last year. So that's, that's like you said, round five, round okay. maybe six. Yeah, round five. So I mean, Ariza, Ariza, Ariza can get hot, but he's I, he's not. I don't consider Trevor Ariza a knockdown three-point shooter. In the same yeah, he's not that, there for a shooting either. <laughs> no, but, I mean, that I, what I find kind of mystifying about him is, I mean, he's not, hasn't been a, uh, he's not. Uh, we kind of played himself out of Miami. Let's get that started. You know, yeah, yeah. He didn't kind of didn't quite work out there. Yeah, and uh, that's that's a little. I'm a little worried about that. I, I like Trevor Reza. I'm, I'm, you know, the Trevor Reza of you know, 
2010. 11, 11, 11, yeah, 11 years yeah. ago. It was a long time Amazing. since he was a Laker. We remember right. those days. Yes. Uh, cannot thank him enough. Cannot thank him enough for that contribution. But the same thing can be said for Wayne Ellington. The same can be said for mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony. I mean, that would have been a great haul yesterday if it was 2018 or if it was 2014. But it's 2021, so it's a Still little a bit harder. a great haul for 2021, Gerald. Um, today is much better. I really yeah. like Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk. These, these are all really good signings for the vet minimum. That's the yes. that's yes. kind of the, yes. that's, the that's true. That's well, no, um, Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn was two years, ten million dollars for he the player option. The MLE. Yeah. Whatever. Right. That's fine. I mean, that's fine. yeah. But he, he could add the whole MLE as far as I was concerned. That I was mean, a great signing. I Very great signing. Yeah. Him, I, not, him and Monk kind of saved free agency. I, I feel like because we got. I agree. Bigger. I, I actually, I actually, you know, it's it's difficult to choose which one of these. If you you want to nail a couple of people, um, the two that I like best are probably the two guys I think are going to be the starters or should be the starters if if they go with eighty at the five, which is uh, Baysmore and Kendrick Nunn. Man, I mean, those well, are the Kendrick two guys. Nunn, yes, Best they're the guys baseball. that number one we paid the most money to, yeah. and number two we promised. We promised Baysmore a major role to get him to come here from instead of going to Golden State. So, you know, um, and we need some defense. Those are two also the two best defenders that we brought in because the reason you don't know what you're going to get. No. Yes. But no, none is an excellent defender and Baysmore is an excellent defender. So all of a sudden you put those guys yeah. out there with LeBron and AD and you've covered anything that's going to go with West gambling. And I think uh, and, he'll, he'll learn to fit in and, and yeah. play the team defense. I think and, it'll and be let's, worked on him. And let's clear this up on Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, he's listed as a point guard because he's 6'2", but yeah. he really plays off the ball. He really just give him the ball. He's going to drive. He, he loves driving to the basket. He shoots yeah. free throws well. He yeah. hits 38%, and he can score the ball. He, yeah. That's yeah. that's paramount. My haters, man, they're, they're, they drive everybody crazy. Guarding yeah. a left-hander is always – an extra chore in the game, you know? Yeah. I would still love the fact with that sign and trade that they should uh, do something to shore up the, the, the small forward position. And that's what I'm hoping they do. Bigger wing defender is really our, our only weakness now, you know, if we could get yes. somebody like Otto Porter Jr. Or, well, that's, you know. he's gone. That was the yeah, best, I know. best, we best deal. We need somebody like that who yeah. is on a team and has a contract so we can trade for him. Yes, uh, or maybe James Ennis if third if he's still available. I know that's yeah. been talked about as well. Yeah, he's but, a good shooter too. Yeah. Um, the only thing I want to ask guys right now, I mean, we talk about we'll get to starting lineups here in a second and all that. Is there really a trade exception for what would happen with Alex Crusoe? Because depending on who you talk to. 4.6 is what Eric Pink has said. I thought it was 8.3. 8.3 is a number that was tossed around quite a bit yesterday. I've not heard 4.6, but uh, there is a trade exception of some type. Yeah. Yes, for Daniel it, Tice. It's better, than a, it's better than a minimum player, which is one of the reasons I don't think we've filled those last two slots. No. Hopefully but, we can fill those slots with guys that, we, yeah, guys that we can trade for, basically, who are under contract with the team so we don't have a sign-in trade. Yeah, that's true for trades on that. You can't really pick them up with buyouts. So, right. yeah, it's it's, it's something it's that, better than the. It's I mean, unless unless some more guys want, you know want to come to the Lakers on a minimum contract, you know, like Malik Monk did. I mean, thank God, good for you, Malik. Man, you're gonna be one of my favorite players from now on. 
That's a yeah. guy putting, putting, you know, putting his career into a really thoughtful position. You know, I'm going to take a one year minimum contract, go to the Lakers and get some highlight reels and, oh, you know, and well, he's, he's 23. He still has plenty of time to do it. So, I mean, he's still got his whole future ahead of him. So that's, that's a good move right now for us. And again, I mean, Carmelo, Anthony, Trevor Reza, Dwight Howard, Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore, all these guys, if they can just give us 10 to 15 minutes a game of productive basketball, that's all I'm looking for. Well, they've been playing, most of the guys that you're talking about have been playing 20 to 25 minutes a game. Yeah, I think that's so, I mean, there, there are more, there are more guys out there who need minutes than we got minutes. So, yeah, I mean, and that was a problem last year because especially with Dennis and, and, and Montrez, the two, two guys who sort of sacrificed to come to the Lakers in, in some opinions. And, you know, I, I hope we don't have that same problem this year. I well, actually, that's just the market. That's what it dictated. That's, yeah. You know, I know it's, that's sort it's, that's, the problem is, is I guess that we approached it with an with an attitude that we're going to have to sign a lot of minimum players. So let's get the best ones we can, and we'll throw them up against the wall, and we'll see who sticks. That's right, that's, and that's exactly the strategy. Yeah, yeah, that was the strategy, and Definitely. lo and behold, it's like we threw it up against the wall, and they all stuck. Ah. And then Frank Vogel sitting there, probably saying, "Oh man, I mean." It's going to be, you know, how do you, the minutes are going to be a fight. Minutes are going to be a fight and the defense is going to be. And uh, and that is, that's with two slots open that may be more than a minimum that have the potential to be more than a minimum player. Although I think we're going to leave one slot open. I would expect we would. But I mean, to me is, I mean, defense is like Jamie Sweet alluded to. Is this team a top 15 defense? That's the problem. I think that's, that's the problem with all the age. And they really change. We lost. Two defenders. We no, no, no. We gained a thirty. We gained a thirty. Schroeder. No, we're going to lose Schroeder. Schroeder's a great defender. Yeah, I I saw. I saw a lot of analysis on Dennis that said basically that he was all show and not. And when you look at the individual defensive stats for the team, he's always near. He's always second or third from the bottom. Yeah. No, but I mean, he 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 fit in with our defensive identity. Right, and, uh, Mark, and we we added we added Ariza, Nunn, and Baysmore, who I think have defensive capabilities. Yeah, we lost we lost KCP and Caruso, right. and maybe Wes Matthews, who were all really big defenders for us. Markeith Morris, we lost. Yes, he went to Miami. Right. Um, well, he Carl, didn't. He didn't come back to Los Angeles. Is really what happens first, and then, yeah. then you go to Miami or Philadelphia or whatever. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, you know, you're, you already know what you're going to get. You're going to get someone who can only play one side of the ball. Trevor Reza, you know, like you mentioned, you don't know what you're going to get at 36 years right. old. 36 years old, you just hope you can. No, we're, our defense probably won't be as good, but I don't think it's going to be a problem. Now, you know, somebody mentioned that, you know, hey, we get a report card. I gave, I gave an A for, for Rob's report card for this season, off season. And somebody brought up the point that I gave an A to him last year too. That's exactly. I didn't even. I wasn't going to even say that, but you, you did. You no, know, I did. mean, hey, listen, hey. Um, when you're not or shy you about don't. making predictions, you're going to be wrong. You know, a lot of the time. So, last year we thought we thought the defense was going to be good, and but we thought we really traded some defense for offense, 
And it looks like we were right that we only traded a little bit of defense, but we didn't get much offense really on it. And and the offense that we got really became illusory as soon as LeBron and AD got injured because these were players that really couldn't get their own shot and basically were relying upon LeBron or Dennis when he was in the right mood to get him the ball. Um, So, you know, this year, the projection is that we should be dramatically better on offense, especially when LeBron's not in the game. And that was really our Achilles heel offensively ever since LeBron. But it's been LeBron's Achilles heel on every team he's had. The number, of attempts, the number of threes attempted by the Lakers will definitely go up. Oh, and that's good. And and the, I, the thing that I loved about the three-point shooters, not only did we add – when we did, we added five guys who shot – better than 38%. And we traded away the only two guys we had last year who shot better than 36%. So that was a good move. But the big thing about it is that we we picked up one, two, three, four guys who shoot over five threes a game. So we didn't get Buddy Heald with his 10 threes a game, which is, you know, that's like the, you know, the, that's like the golden goose for me, you know, but, but I'll take four guys who shoot five at 40%. Otto Porter was the big, was the big miss for me, especially because he signed from the minimum in golden state. I really thought that would have been someone who could be is needed. We We need need, a backup. We don't have a backup point guard yet. Well, I mean, the backup point guard is LeBron James in all, in all sense. Yeah. yeah. And Kendrick Nunn can play, and Malik right. Monk both play like a transition guard because of their size. They're not the yeah, and Horton and Horton Tucker basically has been slated to be a ball handler. They want the ball right. in his hands when he's in the game. Right. Um, and you know he's now he's now the third highest paid Laker. Yeah. He better find that three point stroke. He better find that three point stroke. But Jay John Sorcedas out there, our good friend out there. Wanted to go ahead and make sure to let you know he wants a big man to complete the roster. That's tough, though, because you got Marcus Saul with that whopping zero. He got it. He's on the roster, and he's already going to go and pick up his contract. And then you have Dwight Howard and his two offensive fouls and two te- technical fouls that he's going to get. But good, solid defense when he does pay attention to yeah, the game. Yeah, he's going to be fun. He's always interesting. Well, he, you know, he had over 40 non-charge offensive fouls. And over 40 turnovers, which yeah. is one of the reasons that he wasn't, they weren't really high on bringing him back, you know, to Philadelphia. I think a big thing with him maybe is playing for LeBron. You know, LeBron, LeBron has his respect and, and he was really a great citizen when he was on the Lakers. And, and, and even you could even see occasionally when he got carried off on carried out in the court and, and did a stupid foul, you know, that a lot of the times he, you know, he was almost apologetic for it at times and, you know, understanding that he's got to control his temperament when he's on the court so that he doesn't hurt the team, you know. So I, th- I think that the influence, I was all for Dwight, even though, you know, I I maligned the whole decision last year. Um, maybe it was the wrong decision, you know, because I sure didn't. Because you grouped both of them. You grouped him and and the Olympian, JaVale McGee. Right. Well, but I always, but, you know, there was never a doubt that that, that Dwight was a valuable component in, you know, when we played Jokic. Um, And if we played Embiid, you know, you need somebody like Dwight. Uh, Wait, speaking of 
Speaking of the Olympics, was it hilarious to you when the NBC goes and has the game between USA versus Spain that they play the same theme that they played back in the 80s and 90s? I don't know. I just disappointed though on that. I didn't watch it because I don't have I don't have um what's well, the, Peacock. Uh, Peacock. Peacock. Yeah, YouTube. I you watching the highlights on YouTube on the NBC Sports right. uh, channel there. It's so funny because you hear that. I'm like, is that John Tesh? That is John Tesh right there for you. Jay John Cerceda is still in there. Mr. Triple Double Russ will do it all. And responded, I just wish he could shoot. And he says, Mella can shoot from the arc, but the thing is, Russ takes a lot of shots, so we're hoping he can keep it under control with with LeBron there in his ear. And the fact that, you know, Mello shooting 40% and so many of the crew, that's and that's some encouragement right there that they can now compete on a three-point level. Uh, I mean, if with these guys, as they get older, hopefully they'll understand that, that 15 to 20 minutes, maybe if you're getting some productive usage out of them, that's what you're looking for. Again, this is not about the regular season for me. I'm, I'm talking about matchups as I did w- when they got tr- Russ. I'm hoping that they will provide better matchups. And with all the shooting, I think it will. It's just I'm worried about the defense. And you, Jamie, sounds like you are as well. 100%. I mean, you know, we're talking about we have these transition guards. The, the way you get transition basketball is you play good defense and you, you rebound the ball. Uh, you, you know, one and done get steals, deflections, get out on the break. Um, you know, I don't know who our best on-ball defender is right now. I guess it's Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, uh, but he's 6'2". I mean, big yeah, guards will probably guy, give him so a little bit of fits. I, I think defense is going to be a big question, and that's 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 where Frank's going to, you know, Frank's up for a contract extension. I'm sure he would like a contract extension. And uh, he will get that contract extension if the Lakers have a top-10 defense, I predict. So uh, that's, that's the challenge. Can AD play... Whatever position AD is playing, can he play at an all-defensive, defensive player of the year level for the whole season? Um, you know, affect shots from the rim to the three-point line. Uh, and uh, can we get out on the break to make use of these guys who are great break finishers? If we don't get out on in transition, if, we, if we're if we middle of the pack in transition for the Lakers, the Lakers that's are going time winning. Yeah, I don't, um, think that's, I don't think that could happen this year. Not with not with the rest. I definitely think it can happen this year. <laughs> this is I, listen. We may we may lose because we turned the ball over a million times. The honeymoon, the honeymoon's always wonderful. Yeah. You know, we're in the honeymoon phase right now. Oh, we have all these. Well, yeah, we may be so in the honeymoon wonderful. phase, but you're already worrying about you're already worrying about whether you, you know the husband's going to leave his shoes laying around and clothes laying around that place, and exactly but how tough the wife's going to be as far as cleaning things up and so forth. We'll find well, out. I mean, what I think is going to work better this season than last is our half-court offense because of Westbrook yeah. um, and because of guys like AD and, and Dwight, frankly. Russ, Russ, can, Russ can run a pick and roll as well as anybody, and, and they can set up a lob as well that's as anybody in the league. That's that's Russell Westbrook's half-court game and to a tee. So when that, he, when he, actually yeah. going to improve a little bit. Um, and when he played, guys who can kick it out to is going to improve, but... I I just we have to be better than middle of the pack in our transition offense. If we're middle of the pack uh, in the NBA with our transition offense, we're going to struggle to win close games. I think. Well, that's if what we, happened this past year. Once the injury started happening, the transition game went. I mean, Dennis Schroeder does not push the ball, even though he's very quick. He's very fast. He doesn't no, push the ball up court. He, he's I mean, got to take. He takes the Union 15 with it every time. Yeah, and, and he stops it right at half court and, and then sets everything up. But Russell, he's going to push it and jam it down your throat. And that's yeah. what I appreciate. 
Are the turnovers going to go up? Most likely, which was yeah. a problem yeah. last season. Yeah. Russ and LeBron are not a are not a low turnover team. No. Yeah, exactly. And, and and nor and nor people should expect it. But if the transition points work out, that's going to be a lot better. If the three point goes up, the attempts and the makes go up. That's going to offset that. I know Jay John Cerceda said Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn are a good addition to replace KCP and Caruso. I want to ask you this, guys. Caruso has been a hot button issue all over Lakers Twitter for the past twenty four hours. Uh, Caruso was offered a deal by the Lakers, but it was substantially lower than what he ultimately got from Chicago. Laker Tom, your thoughts on losing Caruso. Was it the right move or ultimately the wrong move? Oh, I think it was the right move. You know, the the inside scuttlebutt that I'm that I'm reading is that just like a lot of the people on the Lakers, there were people on the Lakers who were against making the Westbrook trade. And there were also people on the Lakers who weren't really that high on Caruso, to be honest. I took the uh, latest salary cap calculations for the team, which uh, basically said that we'd have a payroll of 197,000, not counting our 14th million, million, 197 million, excuse me, and a luxury tax of 42 million. So I went out and calculated through the luxury tax calculator that you can get online. If anybody's ever interested in figuring it out, it automatically calculates. You plug in how your your payroll is and what the uh, cap is, and it spits out how much luxury tax you have. So with Car- if we were to add Caruso right now, let's say we hadn't turned him down, you know, he hadn't signed, uh, our payroll would have jumped up 10, 10 million to 165 million instead of 155. Our tax would have jumped up to from 42 to 78, an increase of 36 million, meaning that Alex, the cost of Alex, and and obviously, man, this is not a fair way of distributing that tax. It should probably be distributed, either given all to Russell Westbrook or distributed, right, you know, in a pro rata share across the thing. But pretty but sure it, the Westbrook. But when you but when you say, okay, how much does it cost to add Alex Caruso? The cost is forty six million dollars. Not quite salary and thirty six million. So I'm, that's I'm not the same sure as like. That, I'm pretty sure that's like two nights at Staples Center. So, yeah. but I'm just oh, saying, it's, yeah, it's not. No, man, listen, it, the Lakers are going to pay. You know, they're going to be they're going to be up there in the tax. I'm pretty sure the TV deal ranks in b- 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 billions of dollars. Uh, yeah, I but mean, it, you know, it's all with, yeah, with, with these. With regardless teams. of that, it, regardless of that, it's their money, as you've pointed out many times. Oh, yeah. Many times, and it's obvious that they didn't turn down. Alex gives the ten million dollars. They turned him down because of forty-six million. But if they gain anybody else, that's going to offset everything again and all over. Let's say yeah. if uh, Dennis Schroeder gets no, signed and traded for some assets. Well, but they could sign Dennis. See, they could sign Dennis. You don't pay the luxury tax until the last day of the year. That's when it's calculated. So they could sign Dennis and trade him into somebody's cap space at the midpoint of the year. Who's going to uh, have cap space at the midpoint? And, and the thing is, he, oh, he's, he's going to be very miserable unless he gets to a new team. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't see yeah, any I wouldn't. I mean, the only – a lot of people have suggested that. I mean, here, his cap his cap holds $16 million. I actually it's don't want to – It's about what he's really worth right now which, on the market. Which is like like $65 million in taxes. So like, I mean, some people, no people would – right. Some people have said, I really if, want if to be – If you kept him the whole year. So it would be definitely – There's no way shooters on the team yeah, come camp. Yeah. There's just no way. 
There's no, you got to trade him, and hope, hopefully we hopefully we end up with two trade exceptions. Somebody, think, bought, so, well, I'm just going to say this. Somebody said that you know they they would love to be a fly on the wall of the Schroeder household right now to listen to how, how many expletives are flying at the agent of Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> I'm sure so, Dennis is going to change agents before next. Did you next did you guys see agency. that he, he replied yeah. to a uh, Shea Gilgis uh, Alexander tweet? Uh, oh, did he? You know, who did get paid? Yes, oh, yep. and, 174 uh, million dollars. This is like, hey, way to go! You got, you got the money. Good job. Yes. Uh, well, you know, he's, he's familiar with Oklahoma City. He's, you know, it's. But Oklahoma doesn't really want to bring that on. Uh, they're well, they're one of the few on. people that, that. No, sure. Are you no, kidding me? Preston will take him on because he knows he's a. He can probably get a, a pick from him down the road. Well, that's that's the thing. That's what they're taking in. They're taking in all these bad contracts. They'll they'll take in bad contracts if if they can get assets out There's, of it. Yeah, he's been amazing. I mean, you have to you have to really admire the job that that Sam's done because he's gotten picks for guys that I thought he would have to send picks yeah. out to get rid of those contracts. It's really amazing, you know, um, the job he did, the job that he did, and his coaching staff and Chris Paul in redeeming CP3 after his contract was basically set an albatross and you're never going to move him. He's going to be on this team forever because obviously as president of the players union, he, there's no way he's going to take a cut and dump, you know, one huge amount of salary in order to get free to go somewhere. He's going to take him right to the last damn day of his contract, you know, and pay me. And somebody's going to pay him a hundred million now, apparently. Apparently sorry, the, yeah. Yes, yes, but a lot of money uh, to old guys, huh? I I kind of like that. Well, they, you know, you saw what happened with Stephen Curry today, getting paid well over two hundred million dollars, and that's something that's going to be extended on his career. But yeah, guys, before it, considering that he didn't get paid the first time around, which allowed them to get KD. Yeah, well, I'm glad he's getting it now. But guys, before we head on out, uh, since he, well, that's actually the second two hundred million dollar contract, so he's good that he's right. gotten. So he's fine. Yeah. He's fine. Plus, holy moly. There you go. Yeah, he's fine. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. But guys, before we head on out, we you know what we should get back. We you know start speculating then when we come back for another episode about you know starting lineups because maybe the, the you know the moves are not finished yet for the lakers but yeah right now i want to go ahead and give an overall grade for the team and before we head on out uh, jamie sweet i'll start with you first i i moved it up from a d plus last night to a c plus uh, i really liked what they did today <laughs> uh, cool. i'm, I'm you, a solid b I, you're I a solid you, b i'm a solid b right now yeah okay that's good I, that's good I, why I, is that I think we didn't have to sacrifice as much defense as we did. I, I think if we had not signed Ariza and kept Caruso, I would be in A territory. 
Um, I don't see what Trevor, Trevor I like Jared Dudley. I don't, I don't see a big role for Ariza on this team. Um, I, I just don't. And I don't see who our best on ball defender is. So that's why I'm still in, in, in B land. Um, I think we're going to have a real problem defending the pick and roll this, this season. Um, and that's, we're going to get eaten alive by pick and roll masters. Guys like Chris Paul, Trey Young, they're going to, and that's going to be a problem in the playoffs too. That's, that's my biggest concern right now is I don't see a great pick and roll defender on our, on our team. anymore. Um, now I agree. We could be like, like we're saying that, you know, there's, there's two, there's two roster spots available. Um, who do I think is our starting lineup right now? Uh, Westbrook, obviously starting point guard. I would go Kendrick Nunn over anyone else to start at the two. Um, yep. And I would go uh, Bazemore at the three, uh, LeBron at the four, and AD at the five. Now, having said that, do I expect the Lakers to do that? <laughs> I don't. I don't expect the Lakers. At least to they're do not going to start Dwight. That you know. No, they're going to start. They're going to start Dwight with Russ in the line. No, they're going to bring Dwight off the bench like he has been. They're going to start Mark. They'll start start Mark. Mark. So at least, I remember the game when Mark came back and he actually shot five or six threes. No, that's the thing, right? That's the thing. He's got to. He's got to shoot the ball, man. You can't just stand there and. You know, Mark starts. That slides Kent over to the two. Yeah. I still have issues with Mark uh, as far as concerned because, like, for this, instance, this, to, to, this team I mean, is rife with speed and defensive issues uh, at multiple positions. Yeah, I don't, about I don't, you know, I, I, I've been trying so long to get AD to start that I can't, you know, that I have to admit that I'm, I feel pretty forlorn about it happening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, you know, it's like falling in love with a girl, you know, and, right. and having a crush <laughs> exactly. on somebody, and for years go by, and you never. Uh, you know, and then when it happens, you know, you, you hope you're, you know, you hope it's the perfect solution. And I, and I do think that everything revolving around the Lakers really came to a head when, when AD and, and LeBron met with Russ and, and said that, you know, listen, if you come aboard, we'll, we'll move down a slot and play the four and five. Well, from the start, it doesn't make sense if you got Russ in the lineup he's coming to play with LeBron and AD and, and they talked about how they would do it and that's how they should do it. And that gets you two shots at getting shooters to regularly spread the floor around them. If any years it's going to happen, it's this. And Gasol can't be one of those two shooters because he won't shoot. Now, if he, if he was shooting, if he shot six times a game and shot at 40%, I'd probably say fine. Except it's not not our best defense. It's not our best offense. And it's time the Lakers, this is the opportunity we have for the Lakers to finally put their best team out there. Well, you know, and so, he, so if, you give, if you give him four to six minutes at the start of the game and the closing of the half, the start of the second half, and so forth, he'll spend maybe maybe 20 of his 32 minutes a game, you know, playing playing the five. We'll see what happens, but yeah, it is the best lineup if AD's playing the five and LeBron's playing the four. We'll see it what happens. You know, and, I, and it's great, and, you know, I, and I agree 100% with Jamie's lineup. It's the same lineup I have, and it's primarily because none, none and Bazemore are two guys who are pretty feisty defenders. They're solid defenders. They're plus defenders. They're not just average plus defenders. Two. And so they don't hurt. They help, the, they help the starting lineup rather than hurting it. Right. Um, and then also, too, 
I've come around to Jamie's point of view on Westbrook that all of this sort of dis, disrespecting Russell and and talking about it, nothing but his faults is ignoring the fact that the guy averaged a triple double, man. The Lakers in wrecking ball. He you know, and he's 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 perfect for getting the Lakers to run. You you cannot not run if you got Russell Westbrook. Uh, I understand that, but for me again, it's all about matchups in the playoffs. And for someone who statistically is the worst shooter in NBA history, you know when he was the, with the Rockets, there was he went through a period of almost a month where, to make a point, he didn't shoot, and um, it's, it's just went crazy. But he's capable of it, I, you know. And he's seen what Harden has done. He saw what Harden's done with Brooklyn, and. We're talking about him joining, you know, it's, it's even Russ is not going to say this Lakers are his team. Well, again, we won't see it in the regular season. You play differently in the regular season than you do in the playoffs. I expect the Lakers to go ahead with this crew and win 55, 60 games. That's not out of the realm of possibility. Be at number one or number two in the West. 73 and nine, man. Top four in the West, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how how hard they try during the season and then if there's any injuries. That's The thing is, with LeBron and AD, as I always say, they could take us three and they could win 40 games, you know, with them because they're so good if they're healthy. The thing is, well, with these guys... It's a good chance to be healthy if you got all of these guys to play yeah, minutes so you can and, reduce the number of, number and, of minutes. And that better play. happen. And I know, and then, because I know that was mentioned in one of the comments that was made, like, well, you know, LeBron could play 37 minutes, you know. No, the idea is for LeBron not to play 37 minutes a game like during 35 the season. minutes or something. Yeah, like I, would, that. I would love to say even 33, 34 you know, minutes a game. That would be something that would be uh, you know so beneficial for the Lakers down the road. But yeah, Jamie, Jamie has a B. I have a C plus. Laker Tom, your final grade so far. I mean, there's still hopefully a minus. More to be done. A, a minus. minus okay. Right now. Yeah, it's be- I think that's more realistic than the A, the, that sparkling A that he gave last year. That you know, you know, I, no, actually, you know, actually, a well, lot of people you know, that was well, that a lot a- of people were on your same boat. A lot of people. No, listen, were, yeah. these are the nothing more day. than all of these. All of what we're doing now is making guesses at what we think the grade's going to be. Yeah, because the real grade can't be determined until the end of the year, and you know what you did in the season. That- that's true because there's so many people like Laker Tom last year that was like, okay, this is, you know, it's now the Lakers and everybody else. The, the chasm was so big and, and everybody was talking about how great the off season. It did look year. like that. Just like it looks this year for the you know, the West. I said last <laughs> year, you know, I know Sean had an issue with Gasol. Still gotta roll the ball out on the court and play the games. I, I had it. Yeah, exactly. I had an issue with Harold, but you know, it ultimately did what it did, but the injuries, the health of LeBron AD, that's ultimately what happens because if they get hurt, it doesn't matter who you put in with these. And if, if they had been fully healthy all year long, they, well, they would have won. I, they they, they would have had a chance to win. That's for sure. Well, they yeah. would have won. They would have won. Come on. They were, when AD went down, they were leading two games to one and only down one point in the second. Yeah, quarter. But that was, that was the first round. You know, I, I think what people have to remember is that Anthony Davis and LeBron James had, the greatest shooting series playoffs that either one of them has ever had in their career. And, well, even, though, and even though AD hasn't won championships, he's been a lot in the playoffs and he scored big numbers. Oh, come but on, they, Tommy. Shot, they shot, they both shot over 40%, man. I, I get that, but they could have beat, they, they should have beaten on it with a healthy team. They should have beaten the Phoenix Suns and they should have, they would have oh, yes. beaten 
Denver sure, Nuggets. I, I, I don't think I think Phoenix and they would have beaten the LA Clippers. Yeah, I, I think Phoenix was Phoenix benefited from the Lakers and the Clippers being hurt. Now let's you know people can say it's up for debate whether or not they would have beat Giannis yeah, I mean, Kumpo. That's I mean that's for another day. That's for another. Day. Yeah. yeah. So well, uh, but, we we have two of the, we have two of the only players who can guard Giannis in the league. Yeah, on the Lakers. I, I agree on that. So I mean that's but then yeah. again that's neither here nor there. Yeah. The Lakers. But we did. It's yeah. like Trump. You know, you can't say that that hey we really did win it. You know. We did. We did you win it in 2020. You can't saying that, man, because you didn't win it. Uh, so that's you correct. You just got to admit that you lost it, and it doesn't matter what could have, would have, should have been. Well, I'm hoping for better changes, a little bit better. I'm hoping to get uh, look, some things shored up with whatever we can do with Dennis Schroeder. I hope that gets alleviated here in the not-too-distant future. And then the trade exceptions, uh, whatever you're going to make out of great it. if we could get those. Yeah, and be even better if we you end up using them. Yeah. It's only got a year to use them. Yeah, well, I'm hoping this gets done during the course of time. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, it is the Lakers right now. that They've got their team mostly in place. So as things arrive, you know, you would just go ahead and uh, let us know what's out there. If you have any thoughts, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com, at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter, Lakerholics.com. You know there's always great articles that are coming up on there. You're going to see all those great things that you're going to be seeing there with with Sean Grice, who's back, Jamie Sweet with his five things, Laker Tom with his articles. So please check out everything that they're doing today at LakerHolics.com. Well, guys, it's been great having you on. I know that hopefully the Lakers will provide more good news for us here in the coming days. Looking forward to next week here in Las Vegas for Summer League, seeing if the kids can do anything for the Lakers, but we'll see. But, guys, it's been great having you on and looking forward to even more good things this summer right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.